listening to the Dudes and Dads podcast, a show dedicated to helping men be better dudes and dads by building community through meaningful conversation and storytelling. And now, here are your hosts, Joel DeMott and Andy Lehman. Andy, here we are, season two, episode three of the Man. Dudes and Dads podcast. We're back at this like back a machine. And I got to say, Andy, uh, the recording schedule that we're keeping up so far we're, we're a little bit ahead of the ball now it's like a tight ship it's like a tight ship for 2020 we love it well hey welcome back everybody to the dudes and dads podcast so glad you could join us uh wherever you are in the car in the shower uh, maybe in your favorite uh, in the shower in the car in the shower if, if you're in an rv maybe if you've got a shower car or a car shower <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us there. <laughs> so grateful for you, uh, all of you. Um, well, hey, guys, uh, yet again, we are uh, here with you and uh, just want to say thanks to all of uh, the support and uh, for all of you that are following. I uh, want to remind each and every one of you that you can contact us over at dudesanddadspodcast at gmail.com. If you've got any thoughts, uh, reflections, uh harebrained schemes right we would especially like to to hear your feedback on the episode with cody chaplin that was a good one just came out actually today as we're recording this yeah so good uh lot to process there i'm still thinking about some of the points that we talked on and i uh likely it's going to be a platform for further conversation that we have uh in uh, around those particular issues around Oh, well, everything he talked about. Yeah. So, um, yeah, please, we'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, any way we can, we can just come alongside you, support you. Um, also, the, the voicemail is always welcome, Dandy. We love hearing your voice. So if you want to give us a call, that voicemail number is 574-213-8702. One more time, Andy. That number is 574-213-8702. Oh, wow. Like... Like it was a commercial. It was. Uh, and guys, uh, as always, um, you listen to the podcast that you subscribe to. I know I do. Uh, every time I get on my particular uh, podcast app, which is which is maybe something I have to take up with Andy. The, the podcast app I use, we're not on, actually. Uh, Podbean? No, we'll have to try that. True story. All right. uh, but I just know that I don't. I listen to what I subscribe to, right? So, uh, you know, so you're saying you don't listen to this show. I listen to this show on Spotify because that's where it comes. That's the feed. It comes through on, on Spotify, but on Podbean it does not. Cause we're not, well, I'll make sure that I'll get on it. I see. I didn't want to make it public, but here we've had the, I'm glad we fixed thanks this. For, thanks on for air. getting on. Holy. Me. So sorry. Uh, but I, again, guys, you can subscribe if you haven't subscribed, uh, on your particular, uh, favorite pl- platform, whether it be uh, Spotify, uh, iTunes or the other places that we are that are uh, not coming to me right now, but you can find on our website over at dudesanddadspodcast.com. Uh, but again, if you want to guys who want to subscribe, and not only do you want to subscribe, you also want to leave a review. Hit the stars that you feel are an appropriate representation of the high quality that you get here at Dudes and Dads Podcast. And then make sure podcast. that, yes, make sure that you are typing in some comments on that because we love reading comments and then it helps us also in the yeah and for those of you that can't see that you're not watching this on youtube andy is doing the international typey symbol for type comments (laughs) error keyboard uh so yeah leave those reviews uh super helpful for other people to find the content and know what is going on over here at uh, dudes and dads hq so what's brewing what's brewing 
What's brewing? What's brewing? Mm. Oh, what's brewing tonight? Thank you, Hattie oh, Mae. Thank yes. you. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So, so Joel, we, I, I'm just going to preface this before you tell us what we're actually brewing. We actually were uh, out the three. We had mentioned in the last episode that, That's right. that me and Joel and our wives and a couple other husbands and wives are going to get together and hang out mm-hmm. this last weekend. We did, and we found this wonderful we did craft coffee company yes good old uncommon coffee roasters located in beautiful uh, and at the time snow-covered saugatuck michigan right we you know we made the reservation for the airbnb obviously uh before the weather came in and uh we were like there are no cancellations we're making it up there but it was a it was a, a it was slower, dicey it was dicey and a slower drive than normal it was. i would say but we made it and we were able to enjoy uh, the delightful coffee stylings of uncommon coffee roasters located in Saugatuck. uh tonight we are drinking uh the coffee from their barrel aged series which is a medium to light roast uh from the uh pieria is from so it's a colombian it's a colombian uh coffee here and uh we're so glad glad to uh, be drinking it. Uh, it has a uh, bourbon flavor with oaky earth notes and a fruity finish, which if that doesn't say, mm, 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 I don't know what does, <laughs> but uh, we're enjoying it. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's a barrel aged coffee. So it adds a little, little smokiness, a little uh, character that kind of catches you there uh, at the end of the sip. If, if you have a favorite po- uh, coffee that you want yeah. to send to us, send to, 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 us. To, to why have we not show, thought of this sooner, Andy? Send us an email, dudesanddadspodcast at gmail.com. We'll get you our address so you can send some coffee our way. And of course, we always love to enjoy our coffee. And our <laughs> <laughs> this is starting to sound really <laughs> I know gimmicky. We're really getting I, I just can't help it. This is it, cheesy. It feels fun to me. It's probably oh, terrible man. for all of you listening. Uh, no, our dudes and dads, uh, we just mentioned <laughs> that. Dudes and dads, uh, uh, wonderful coffee mugs here. Uh, can be found over at our merch store at the website. So <laughs> in case you want to get a nice, uh, you know, an, if you're into podcasts and you want to get yourself a, a podcast piece of memorabilia or share it with a loved one, by all means, feel free. Absolutely. Check it out. Well, t- tonight we have on our show uh, Corey Whitmer. Corey is, well, he's not only a friend, but he's also my cousin. So uh, welcome to the show, Corey. Friend, friend by choice. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Uh, I feel friends, loved. <laughs> friends are family you choose, right? You know, right. so 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 fam. Well, then I guess Corey is a f- family that you didn't choose. A friend that you didn't didn't choose. No, no, we choose to be friends. You chose to be friends. We, we don't do. choose to be family, but we choose to be. Friends. That's beautiful. Right. Gosh, we should okay. get a T-shirt of that. Anyways, <laughs> we Corey and I actually, little known fact, did a podcast about dads a while ago before this podcast started, and we did it for quite a while, like a couple years, a year. I don't remember. I have no idea. And Corey, was, I, I don't mind saying though, it was the, it was my personal inspiration. Uh, I, I was able to be a guest once on that show and I was caught by the podcast bug. And then we, we let it simmer for a while. I went to Andy, uh, with a proposal. Andy told me no. And then, uh, a little time passed and we came back and, uh, he was, he was ready to rock and roll. After, so. he, after he offered me like thousands of dollars. I was a large, no, monetary, not, really. not large monetary bribe. Not really. Um, but anyways, welcome to the show, Corey. Uh, th- we like to, to talk. Thanks uh, for having me. We like to do something called Dad Stats. Uh, so, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, your wife, your kids, your job? All right. Uh, wife, kids, job. My wife is Amanda. We have been married for fifteen years. Holy smoke! Um, we are only a couple months behind Andy and Julie. Yeah, that's right. True story. Um, one one of the best men in my wedding, right here. Not only. 
not only a cousin and a friend but a best, best man. man also um so and and julie was the what, what maid matron, of honor matron Ma- matron of honor because if, you're married, married, if yes. you're married you get all matronly so um yes so i've i've known andy my whole life um and i um yeah julie and amanda were really good friends so we've all kind of known each other for ages well, really you made um, it onto this podcast already because that's we talked true with the wives of the square table we did mention about you and amanda yeah, oh, yeah the, so. and, and what a what a what a integral integral is that the word i, th- I think so integral yeah. part you were you played in their relationship so um yeah my my wife amanda and i we've been married 15 years we have three awesome kids um elijah is our oldest and he is uh 12 holy smoke elijah yeah um Jeez, Louise, luke lucas is uh 10 and um abigail is just about to turn nine well just about in april uh she reminds us regularly that she is almost nine going on 21 <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and job oh man so i do a lot of things um as as a professional i am a licensed mental health counselor um that is I, an lmhc for yes. those of you in the biz yeah lmhc <laughs> um i work with our juvenile probation department um in, in our county and uh really work on connecting kids with services trying to divert them from the system and, and get them connected with the appropriate services um it is a very challenging and, and rewarding job, uh, but that's only a part of it. Um, I also, I, I do a whole lot of things outside of work. Um, one of which is volunteer youth fellow worker. youth worker. So, um, yeah. So I have, um, have that that takes up some of my time. Youth workers are the best people. Like, you know, here's the deal. We have guests on here. As I'm totally interrupting Corey at the moment, Go we, we have we I have, need a drink of coffee. We, yeah, we uh, <laughs> we have guests on here that uh, we we have people that are friends that are that we just we love to hear their stories, and inevitably a high percentage of them have youth work experience, right? Which means uh, the best people are in youth work. I'm yeah. I know I'm biased, um, but this is the, this is the fact. So facts. <laughs> Anyway, continue, Corey. I'm spellbound. <laughs> so, um, and I would, I would actually put that as um, maybe first on my list of of who I am. Yeah, um, okay. occupationally is is youth worker because that's where my passion lies. Love it. Well, that's um, what you that's what you did. You did that professionally for I a did time. Did that professionally for and a while. And you were like, hey, you know what? I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> Let's go get a master's degree. Right. So and I can work with more youth and not get paid <laughs> anymore. <laughs> so it's true. Yeah, it's true. Love your commitment. Thank great, you so great much. Great decision there. <laughs> Love uh, it so much. Well, uh, so, so we've got your kids, your, your wife, your job. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. You've recently within the last year had your dad pass. We, has almost, it been a, almost been, two years. Almost two years. Wow, man, it's, it's been that long. Goes quick. So we yeah. kind of wanted to chat a little bit about that on the show and just and how that affects. So if you just start wherever you want and and start talking. Yeah. Um. So we'll see if you guys make me cry tonight. That's um, that's always our goal. 
We <laughs> may have some Kleenexes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Last time I talked about this, I ended up crying, which kind of caught me off guard because I, I haven't for a while. Um, so, yeah, about, well, not quite two years ago, um, it was um, early morning, I don't know, like six o'clock, I got a call from a guy that works with my dad. And he said, hey, we're trying to get a hold of your mom. Your dad just collapsed at work. Um, EMS is on the way, but we can't get a hold of your mom. I was like, okay. I was like, what hospital are they taking to him to? He said, I think they're going to take him to Elkhart. So I went ahead, like, I, you know, I was already up and, and getting ready for work. And so I just jumped in my vehicle and, and headed towards the hospital. And uh, calling my mom, trying to get a hold of my mom the whole way, got a hold of her. Um Got to the hospital. I mean, just just the way everything happened. Like there was just this. Looking back on it, there was a sense of. I think I I knew mm-hmm. that he wasn't going to make it, yeah. but you know you never want to, you never want to admit that, and you never want to accept that. Um, and so he he ended up he died of um, cardiac arrest, um, and um, a little I guess a little fact little known fact uh the day before this happened i had just become certified as an instructor in cpr mm. um and then the next day my dad dies of cardiac arrest um yeah ironic i guess yeah. i don't know yeah. Yeah. um every, every time i teach cpr now I, it's a reminder of that and yeah um but so that's fun um so yeah it, it hit our family uh it just blindsided us mm. we this wasn't expected. He wasn't, you know, he, he did everything he was supposed to. I mean, mm-hmm. generally healthy, um, you know, monitored his heart cause his dad had heart problems and, you know, runs in the family. Um, but he was on top of that stuff. He was, he was watching that. And, and so this just happened and it blindsided us. None of us were ready for that. And he was, um, he was young. I mean, he, he was 57, uh, yeah, I think I think I got that right. Fifty-seven, fifty-eight, um, and just you know, you, you don't expect that. You don't expect to be dealing with that as you know, as a as a thirty-three-year-old, thirty, thirty-four-year-old, whatever I was. Um, you don't expect your your dad to pass away, and he was generally healthy, and mm-hmm. um. So it was difficult and there was so many different layers then. Um, so many so many levels of things to deal with. And I'm not I'm not sure exactly how much we want to get into tonight. Shoot. Um yeah. but you know, it was there there was you know, the the whole dealing with the grief personally, you know. I'm a counselor, I should know how mm-hmm. to deal with this. I should, you know, I'm trained for this. Um I'm trained to walk other people through this. Um they don't train you how to walk through it yourself. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, um, yeah, dealing with that, trying trying to, you know, take that professional side of me and, and apply it to my personal life and um, figuring out how to make that work. Um, and then, you know, helping my wife and my kids walk through this. You know, they lost their grandpa. Um, and, and it hit, like each of my kids differently. Um, they, they each dealt with it differently. They still, they still each deal with it differently. Um, 
And then, you know, also as a brother and as a son, um, figuring out what is my role now? How, how do I fit in here? How do I support my brothers? How do we, how do we be a family? How, how do we exist without And you come from a fairly large family. You have three biological brothers and then you have two two biological brothers. That's right. I'm thinking you're (laughs) sorry. There's three of you. There's three of you. Apparently I don't know you as well as I think. (laughs) Yes, I have, I have an older biological brother and a younger biological brother. And then I have four adopted siblings. So, um, yeah, so that's so there's seven of us all in total. And the youngest, my youngest brother, Stuart is, uh, 17. Um, uh, so he was, um, 16 at the time that it happened. I think, um, f- 15 when it happened. Right. Um, and and the, it probably looks different for everybody in your family too. Cause you're, you and your biological brothers are not living at home Um, two of you are local, one is away and then you have your, all of your adopted siblings are still living at home. Right. And three of, three of my adopted siblings have special needs. Right. And so that looks Uh, different so that, you know, it's very different and, and the whole, the whole grief process and, and figuring that out and figuring out how do, how do we be a family without dad? Um, Mm -hmm. was difficult and, you know, each, each person kind of had their own process and, and there was other things that came up you know, it's, and, and still come up mm-hmm. as time goes on as, as a family with, you know, how do you, how do you take out the, the head of the family and still function as a family? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been a very interesting journey for us. And I think one of the things that I've learned along the way is just the diversity of grief. I mean, and then as, as a professional, I, you know, we're trained that, you know, oh, the grief process is, is different for everyone. Everyone goes through it differently. Um, it's very different when, when you see it and you, you live through it and it's like, okay, well I'm dealing with it this way, but my brother's dealing with it this way. My other brother's dealing with it this way. My, you know, everyone has their own, their own process they're going through. And then especially my siblings with special needs, they're processing through things way differently. Right. Um, and kind of helping them figure, figure things out. And, and it was, you know, experiencing those steps with them as, as they went through it. And so it really, um, it was almost a compounded situation for me. Uh, and, what was amazing, God, God's timing is impeccable. Like he's, he's got us covered, you know, no matter what happens, he knows and he sees. And at work, we had a, a guy, a new guy start just across the hall from me. Um, and like he had just transferred to our um, office and he was like, I didn't know him. He started the day or, or the week that my, my dad died. And, and so I hadn't even, I think I'd met him once before my dad died. And then I took some time off. And when I came back, um, he just kind of came over and said, Hey man, you know, I heard what happened. And, you know, if you ever need to talk, let me know. And, um, let me know about a little bit of his story, how he had lost his wife and, and worked through some of that. And, um, and so 
we had a team meeting that day, the, the first day that I was back to work, and, and we had this team meeting, and we all get together, and um, part of our team meeting is we start just with, you know, what's going on in your life? You know, what's happening? How how you doing? And just to kind of check in as a team, and we go around, and it comes to me, and, like, I'm struggling because <laughs> sure I'm not doing good. Right. <laughs> it's all very um, fresh. Yeah. yeah, and Tom just puts his hand on my shoulder and he's like, guys, I think we all understand how Corey's doing. And yeah. he said, you know, Corey, you don't have to talk today. And like, wow, he's the new guy on the team. Yeah. But like totally intervened for me. Yep. That's and awesome. didn't even, didn't know me hardly at all yet. And, and so God put him in my life to walk me through this. And so there's been so many times that I just go into Tom's office and like sit down. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. And like, he, God put him there for that time. And, and, you know, he and I have created this friendship now that, you know, we can, we can trust each other and we can talk to each other and we can support each other. Um, because, because God put him there for, for that perfect time. Right. So for me, that was a huge help having someone I could lean on because I'm trying, I tried to be strong for everyone. Sure. Um, right. You know, I'm the professional. I'm, I'm the counselor. And you're the middle child. Right. <laughs> I'm the middle child. And, <laughs> and I think even if you weren't, and that's the counselor though. I and mean, I think that's naturally like as a, as a dude and as a dad, like that's one of our things that we just try to make everything, make everyone kind of like, okay, and fix everybody. And you can't fix this situation. Right. And so that was, that was nice that you had somebody there. Yeah. And so Tom really kind of walked me through like, dude, you don't have to be your dad. Like, cause there was this, this part of me that felt like, okay, I've got to step up. There's a hole in our family. I've yeah. got to fill that hole. Mm-hmm. And he's like, dude, you can't, you can't be your dad. And that's not your responsibility. He said, your responsibility is to be Corey. Mm-hmm. And your responsibility is to be a husband to your wife and a father to your children and a son to your mom and a brother to your siblings. And he said, that's who you are. And that's, that's your responsibility in this. You can't take on everything. You can't fill that role. Um, and so it was, it, it, that has been super healing and super helpful for me. And, and there's been ups and downs. I mean, it, it grief is grief. grief yeah. yeah. Grief sucks. <laughs> and, I mean, never yeah. going to name it. Yeah. Grief sucks. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And, and so, you know, there's days where, you know, life's good and it's okay. But then there's days where, you know, I cry at, a song that I hear and I'm like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> right. like, ah, I hate, like, yeah. and so, yeah. And, and there's, you know, just lots of things. And, um, you know, for, for our kids, 10th birthday, we do kind of a big, make a big deal of it. And we take them on, do a trip. Um, for my oldest, we took him to, um, Green Bay Packers game because our family's huge Packers fans. Sorry. And, uh, I know. Um, so we uh, we took him to that, and my middle son, um, he's not as into sports, and, and you know he he likes it. But we asked him, you know, what he wanted to do, and he's like, I don't know. And so talked about it, and you know he he turned ten in August, and we were talking through it, and he's like, you know, I I think I want to go on a fishing trip, and um, and he's like. Grandpa would have really liked to go oh, with me. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. you know, like it's those things, the mm-hmm. the little things that just come up that kind of hit you like, oh, yeah. 
So he he would have he would have loved to yeah. go with you. Um, so what, when you're talking about somebody, and, and this is I think when for those of us that are close to a person who is going through grief, who is going through loss, and we don't know what to say or whether we should step into what we perceive as a gap you know there whether that's in the workplace or or whatever from your experience like what would be your encouragement for people that are kind of on the periphery watching you know maybe a close coworker, maybe a, a good friend or another family member navigate that how uh how do you know what to do when to do it um because people are, are they're fearful and unsure in those circumstances. They're like, I don't want to make it worse, you know. Um, so maybe if I just, you know, like kind of like bide my time and step back, that's maybe the safe play. Um, what would be your observation of all of that and like encouragement to those people on the like kind of looking in and watching things unfold? Yeah. So, man, I experienced so such a such a the whole the whole <laughs> gamut of. Mm-hmm of everything um, from, from people saying, Oh yeah, I know how you feel. Don't, don't say that. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You may have experienced something similar, but it's Um, not the same. Yeah. You don't know how I feel. You know how you felt going through that Um, to, to people that just didn't say anything because they didn't know what to say. Right. And so um, I think one of the most helpful things for me um, well, I mean, there are several like Tom, Tom stepping in and, and just giving me permission to be real and be raw, like yep. saying, dude, like, I know you're going to be experiencing some things in the next months and years that you don't know how to deal with. And he said, that's okay. Just, you can come to me. The yep. door's open. If, if yep. I'm here, we can talk. Um, so just that permission for someone like that to be that shoulder, to be that, that person that I can go to. Um, the other thing is, um, I had a friend tell me, dude, I have no idea what to even say to you. And I was like, that's okay. You don't have to say anything. Like you don't need to just acknowledging that you, Mm -hmm. you see the hurt Mm -hmm. and you don't know what to say is, is saying more than, than you're trying to say something, trying to say something. Um, so I, I think if you don't know what to say, just acknowledge that. Like, dude, I see you're hurting and I don't know what to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm here for you. Yep. Um, and the other thing, like, I think just as, and, and I think some of this has to do with personality. Some of it has to do with gifting. Some of it. Um, but like, there was a lot of people that would say, you know, Hey, if you need anything, let me know. Um, and I do like you I've, had needs. I've, I've said that before. Yep. Right. Um, yep. but in, in the moment it, it's like, I don't know what I need. Yep. Um, you know, it, it's like, and I know like they would have done anything. If I would have said, I need a cup of coffee right now, right, <laughs> they would have gone right. and got me a cup of coffee. Right. If I was yeah. like, dude, I'm hungry. They would have gotten yeah. me some food. Um, so it's, it's, but, but I didn't know what I needed. So maybe being specific with, with an offer to, to help. So, you know, cause I've, I've done that before. Like, Hey, if you need anything, let me know. Uh, and I, so even since I've, I've done it, I can think in the last six months times that I've said that to people. Sure. Um, but just 
being more specific, like, Hey, can I, can I bring you a meal yep. or Hey, um, to, can I, can I just pray for you right now? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know what to say, but can I just pray for you? And like, right. you know, God, I, I know, you know what this person needs and I don't, but I, I just pray that you would give them what they need. You yeah. know, l- anything like that, like s- offer something specific um, rather than the general, like if you need anything, yep. um, offer something specific because um, in the moment, I, I didn't. Sure. And, and, <laughs> I that's didn't an, and that's an important thing for somebody, you know, and I, again, I, I go back to our journey with Andy and Julie. I go back to other, you know, in a pastoral role, things where it's like, I recognize people going in grief are not thinking as they normally think. Right. Like their, yeah. your, your brain at a fundamental level is functioning differently in that. Oh, you're, you're in survival mode. Yeah. Your brain has, I mean, yeah. sections of your, right. your thinking it's is shut some, down. Some's turned off. And like, and so when you, when you are, when you, so to speak, when you as an outside person are putting an additional stress or requirement on a person to think about what they need, that's all like, that may be absolutely impossible for them. Right. Quite honestly. And so it's, this is why it's really good to, sit down, think about the practical implications of the situation. Do they have children? Mm-hmm. Do they have, do, do kids do, do, are there meetings and things that need to happen because of the recent loss or whatever that maybe it would be great if there was some childcare provided or other options, or maybe the kids you took, like you let take the kids somewhere else to do something different to get there. By the way, it is okay to take kids to get their mind off Absolutely. Of that stuff and to kind of evacuate them from the immediate situation. And I would say along with that, if a child doesn't want to go, don't make them. Yeah. Like, right. If you're like, Hey, can I take your kids to sky zone? Sure. Um, and one of the kids is like, I, I don't want to go like, sure. Don't force them. To yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't force them. <laughs> Let them process. Right. And on and, their own. And so it's giving, but you like the, to your point, specific options, but think just before you offer anything, just thinking down about what, what are the practical needs that are, yeah. that are somewhat obvious and, and quite honestly, it may feel this way. And this is to your point about even about gifting and about perception and how certain people were yeah. better at this than others. Um, there does come a point where it's like, Hey, I'm going to do this thing for you. And I'm not looking for your permission. Yeah. I'm just doing, I'm just doing right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, because Hey, if I just went and get you a cup of coffee and you're not feeling like coffee right now, who cares? I did it. Yeah. I've, I've, I've shown that I'm going to take some action on this. And now that that hopefully is at least in the person who's grieving is in their mind of, okay, this is a trusted person that will follow that is intentionally doing some things. I'm going to tuck at least tuck that away. Right. That's, that's going to be a, yeah. a helpful thing. And that cup of coffee may sit there and get cold and never get drank. Yeah. But there's, there's a meaning behind it. Right. That, there's that value action. Yeah. That action says way more than yeah. not doing anything or just yeah. saying, Hey, Corey, let me know if you need anything. Yeah. Like you said, you're not gonna yeah. be able to say that. And that's just what I want. I mean, listeners again, you know, we've, we've, we have talked and we'll continue to talk about grief. It does come up. Uh, it does come up on the show frequently, but the big thing is to understand, <laughs> right. Um, people's brains, they shut down a little bit, you know, <laughs> they're not thinking the way they normally would think they may, they will likely act different. Their personality, you'll experience their personality as being a different thing. And it will, some of them, I mean, they will be a different person forever following that, yeah. following that experience. So that segues into my next question for you. I mean, post uh, 
which we should say your your dad's your dad's name was Carl and yeah. um, post Carl passing away when you kind of look and reflect on yourself now approaching two years after the loss what's different about Corey now than two years ago oh man I think it's a hard question for me to answer because I think there's a lot of things I think there's probably a lot of things that have changed that I don't even notice mm. mm-hmm. um, I will say one of the things I think I've gotten better at and um, my my wife and I have talked about this several times um, it's just setting boundaries like yeah you know and when especially immediately afterwards when when you lose someone immediately afterwards like people want to be there mm-hmm. like people gen- genuinely want to help and and want to to be around and and that's okay and i think there's there's a time for that you need you need people surrounding you and supporting you and and we experienced that i mean i will say the we were we were surrounded my parents church surrounded our family in such a way yeah. that left such an impact on us yep. that we stepped into that church family mm-hmm. afterwards. Right. Proof was in the pudding there. Because, they, they showed, they showed yeah, where their heart was at because yep. they, because they loved us so yeah, much. Like right. we weren't, we weren't even part of their church. Yeah, Listen to that church. Listen <laughs> to that. Um, and so, so yeah, I think you need people around you, but then I also think as time goes, you need to figure out, and, and I need, I needed to figure out boundaries. I need to figure out, okay, you know, as, as we're going and, and with family, with friends, with, with everybody, just figuring out, okay, how do I set these boundaries to keep myself healthy? Mm-hmm. Because I think initially I, I didn't set any boundaries mm-hmm. and I just was trying to do everything for everyone. Yeah. Um, and um, that, was, that was one of the things that Tom... Um, really impressed on me was, dude, it's okay to say no. It's okay to set a boundary and say, I can't do that. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I had to do it with some friends, you know, that it's like they needed needed some help doing something. And I'm like, I can't do it. Yep. <laughs> and it hurts to say right. that, mm-hmm. right. but I can't do it. Um, and so I, that's probably one of the things I would say I've grown in. Um, I think I've also accepted that I'm not my dad. Um, and for, for those of you who didn't know my dad, my dad could fix or make anything. <laughs> True like, story. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, my mom would dream up like these crazy things and be like, Hey Carl, I want to do this and I want this. And he would be like, Oh, I know. And like, he'd draw it out on an envelope. Like, like in a, a bill, like yep. you get a you get right. your Nipsco bill and, and right. you take it out and there's just an empty, empty envelope. He right. would draw it out on the back of that Jeez. envelope. Yeah. And he'd be like something like this. And she's like, yeah. And then he'd take that envelope and put it in his pocket and then like build whatever it was just off of that. Like he could do or build or make anything or fix anything. And like their house, like anything that went wrong, he could fix it. Like yeah. he was great at those things. Um I'm not, (laughs) I, I, I am not that person. Mm -hmm. Uh And that is so hard for me 
to admit Mm -hmm. because I want so bad to be that person. I want so bad to be my dad. Like, I want to be like him that I can, like I can make anything and, and I can, you know, I, I think I can and I've tried and, um, my wife and I decided that when we do any more remodeling, we're going to call somebody. (laughs) Um, You've had your chance, buddy. Yeah. We're moving on. We're uh, moving on. And we were, we were talking about redoing the bathroom and she's like, no, we're, <laughs> we're going to have somebody do it because uh, we, we remodeled a bedroom over nine years. <laughs> <laughs> Slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't good. know that any race was won on no, that. No, okay. <laughs> but it, it was remodeled. Um, so Corey, one of the, one of the things that, uh, just impacted me. I mean, I, I so vividly remember as I'm sitting at your, your dad's funeral and, and just listening to what people had to share about his life. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I so clearly remember was that Carl, like great family man, loved his family, loved, loved good friend, all of those things. But, uh, his his faith was real and yeah. evident and it like there was not a person that came up t- to talk about him that couldn't for almost it's like first it's like let's just get this out of the way first and foremost the man loved jesus and yeah. like that was obvious to you know that was obvious to everybody in the room um what like if, as you've reflected on that legacy which is what I, it was a legacy of faith yeah. like what what have there been things that you've taken from that to say like I I am encouraged and pushed on because in those ways it's like I would hope you would want to be like your dad as far as yeah. that as that's that's concerned what's what's amazing about that is like when if you would just sit in, in his funeral and, and just listen to those people you would think he was like an evangelist. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's like, whoa there, would, Billy Graham. You would think that he was like talking about Jesus all day, every day. Sure. Like my dad didn't like, mm-hmm. he didn't talk about his faith. Like throwing it out there all the time. Sure. Like yep. he, he lived it. Yeah. He didn't, he, he didn't use his words as much as he just used his actions. Like, yep. and that's, that's kind of a, I mean, I don't know, like a nineties cliche, yeah, like, yeah. you know, um, what would Jesus do? Yeah. Uh, right, right. But that was, that was what dad did. Like, and I mean, if you got into a conversation with him, he would totally talk about God and he would talk about his faith and he would talk about his, his relationship, but it wasn't like he was out there like carrying his Bible and like sure. meeting people with it. It was, sure. it was just this quiet, steady person. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, I, I, man, I hope people say the same thing about me. Yeah. Um, because that was, uh, it was amazing to me the, the amount of people that he impacted. Like, I, I mean, just the, the men whose lives he poured into, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're yeah. like, Carl was a mentor to me. And I'm like, <laughs> what? He uh, mentored you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and so, yeah, like that was, that was pretty cool to see, you know, I mean, 
he he radiated Jesus and yeah, and, but didn't broadcast it. Like yeah. it was yeah. it was one of those things that was um, it was encouraging, and, and I think that's another one of those things that just made the healing process a little bit easier for mm, me. Yeah. Like knowing, hey, he 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 ran the race. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. You know he right. We went to church growing up. We like dad was involved in, in church, but it, it wasn't, I, I don't know how to, to verbalize it. Like he wasn't that dad that was always like, you need to be reading your Bible and you know, you need to, you need to do this and you need to, um, you know, he, he wasn't that guy. He, he just, lived (laughs) so yeah i think that was thanks for that observation no yeah that that means a lot actually no you know that was just it was immensely clear to me but i i did you know i i thought the same thing to myself it's like you know at the end of the day when all is said and done when we reach the end which may be tomorrow which may be in 60 years whatever whatever the case is like this is the stuff that I desire to be said about me at the end of my life. Yeah. Period. And that is, I made an impact on people. I showed them like it was clear to them that my life was, was about Jesus first and foremost. And that what I did with my time, you know, my time, my talent and my treasure, you know, came out of that. Um, so yeah, that was just, uh, a clarifying thing to me, but I think it's just helpful to hear like, like, you know, dads, uh, imagine your funeral tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine your funeral tomorrow. What's said about you, right? What are your children left? What are your children left with? Cause you've just said it was immensely, it's still hard as all get out, but it's immensely better to be sitting in a funeral for your father. And you hear, this was a man of character who followed through on his promises, who was a consistent, who loved his wife, who loved his kids. And here's how he showed it. Oh, and by the way, let's just throw up a whole bunch of uh, fellows he worked with that was off the radar that few people saw. And yet, Oh my gosh, he behaved the same, you know, he (laughs) did the same thing with them. He behaved the same way with them. Um, as opposed to being, I mean, we see it all the time. The man that lives one life here with family or right. one life in a public church way, but it, but at work, he's a, you know, is a complete terror, you know, and, right. and, and that, uh, that's the, there, there was an integration with Carl, mm-hmm. uh, and not a disintegration. And that's the thing that I, yeah, that struck me. And that I would say that makes for, for like a better term, makes for a really good funeral, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and that we're, we're pointing people, we're able to point people, the person in the casket as they lay there is still pointing people to Jesus in that, yeah, in that experience. So that's good. Well, we want to talk to you a little bit too, because you are that, whatever those initials are that you said that you were at the beginning, the, the license LMHC. There we go. That yes, thing. LM, licensed, uh, <laughs> no, yes, he's a, he's a mental health person counselor. Yeah. So yes. since you're that, uh, we want to talk a little bit about mental health and things just in general that we as men can do to keep good mental health as well as, I mean, like obviously you had to do things there, but just in your everyday life, what are some things that you do? 
to keep a good mental health, the mental, you know, be, so you can be a good dad and be a good husband, be a good, you know, friend. Yeah. Um, first of all, counselors are, are the worst. At <laughs> so I have true story. I have also. Okay. So tell me what you tell things me things <laughs> that you should do. Um, I don't intend to practice myself, but yeah, um, it, I, it's true. Uh, I was, I was talking to somebody the other day and I was like, they were like, you know, you should journal things. I was like, yeah, I know. I tell everybody that, that they should journal, <laughs> but I don't, but do I've it. never done it. Um, and so I even told, like got my oldest journaling uh, and I don't. <laughs> I was like, huh, maybe I should start this. <laughs> uh, so I actually did. I, I'm starting this year. I've, I'm starting to journal. Um, so that's a good place to start though is, you know, just writing things down. Um, I think as men, we, we, I don't, I don't want to oversimplify this, but we kind of don't have time for that. Um, and you know, taking, taking some time just to jot down your thoughts, jot down your feelings. Yes, we have feelings as men. We do. Um, and you know, writing down, you know, prayers and writing down, you know, your what's happening in your life and, and getting those things out. Um, that's a good place to start. Uh, just in general, when it comes to mental health, like we all have mental health, just like we all have physical health. Mm-hmm. Like mental health isn't a bad thing. It, it's just what it just, is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like you have a physical health, you go for a physical checkup. You know, if you have high blood pressure, you take medicine for a high blood pressure, you know? We all have mental health. It might be doing really well right now, or it might not be doing really well right now, but it's there. And so just accepting that, like, hey, mental health isn't this like funky thing just for those who are, you know, hallucinating and, and right. hearing voices. Like mental health is you know, depression. Uh, mental health is stress. <laughs> I mean, right. How many how many of us haven't have never felt stress in our lives. Right. I mean, we all, yeah, all yeah. do. Every, yep. Everyone feels stress and that's, you know, that's a mental health issue. And so I think just being willing to say, yeah, um, mental health is, is a thing that um, we need to look at. And um, man, I, I wish I would have brought some stats with me because there are some great stats out there on, on, men and seeking help. If you um, want to get those stats to me, I can put them in the show notes before yep. the show. It's good. Resource. So yep. yeah, go ahead and um, yeah. So I'll, I'll try to find those, but it's like, I mean, guys, like if you're experiencing depression, talk to somebody about it. Mm-hmm. If you're experiencing anxiety, if you're experiencing stress, if you're experiencing, um, you know, if you feel like you're getting angry a lot and it's like, man, I, I don't know where this anger is coming from. Like those are all things that their their mental health issues that are fairly easy to address. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like if you're talking to your, if you have high blood pressure and you talk to your doctor, it's a fairly easy thing to address. You know, yeah, you can just take some medicine and it's all right. Like it's, you know, we monitor it and we check it. It's all right. Um, so if you're experiencing any of those things, talk to someone about it. You know, if if you have a great pastor counselor at your church, talk to them or talk to a professional counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, I can't say we're not 
most of us aren't that scary. <laughs> um, you know, we, yeah. we really do like most of us really do just want to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, sometimes it's as simple as, you know, four or five sessions, just sitting talking with somebody about, Hey, I, I got this thing that just won't go away. I don't know how to deal with it and talking it through for a couple sessions and, and that's it. And yep. you move on. Um, you know, sometimes it's a little bit more deep seated and, you know, the, the more cliche, you know, digging into your past and right and bringing that stuff up, but that's okay. Like it takes a little bit longer, but we, you can still get through it. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing. It's almost like everything for us as, as dads, um, is we put everybody else first. You yeah. Know? I'm going to make sure my kids are taken care of. I'm going to make sure my wife is taken care of. If they need, you know, if, if they have, if they're experiencing depression, I'm going to make sure that we take care of that. You know, if, if one of my kids comes to me and says, um, I, I'm having these thoughts about hurting myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to address that and I'm going to take care of it right away. But if I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, you know, maybe everybody would be better off without me. You know, a lot of times I'm just going to push that away and be like, eh, I'll be all right. I can, I can make it through. I'll be all right. I'm going to pull myself up. You know, don't, yeah, go get some. Yeah. Like you can, you can talk to somebody about that. It's okay to talk to somebody about that. It's okay to take some time out of your, your day and your week. You know, Mm -hmm. your family's going to be better if you're healthy than if you're not. Um, so I, I think that's, that's a big deal. Um, and I don't know, I, I don't know that we have time to go in depth on, on a lot of issues, but, um, the other thing is there are, there's a lot of good and bad information on the internet. Like we, we live in the, the era of WebMD where everyone's a doctor. And um, everyone has cancer. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like there's, there's good information out there. There's bad information out there. Um, you know, find somewhere that's reliable, find, find um, good information and, and go with it. Um, there's the place where I work. Um, we have a website for that's specifically for our county, but it also like it's more general for parents, um, parents and kids. And like it has a section for parents that says, "Hey, what if my kid is experiencing this, or what if my kid says that?" And it just walks you through like here's how you can deal with that, and um, what if I am this? What if I blow up at my kid? What if I like? And it kind of guides you through that and gives you resources specifically in our county, but also some general national resources are there too. Um, And so finding, finding places like that and resources where you can get good information. Cause I think good information is power. Yeah. Bad information leaves you powerless. Like you've got to sort through some of that. And that's where, again, a good counselor is going to be able to walk you through that. Um, if you find someone you trust, um, to walk you through that. The other thing, and this is where like Tom, Tom experienced loss in his life. And then he was, he was transparent about it with me and Mm -hmm. shared that with me Mm -hmm. and walked me through my loss. You know, if you're experiencing something, share it with other people. If you've walked through something, share that story. Because I think, I mean, as men, we've, we've experienced, you've experienced things that I haven't, you've experienced things I haven't, I've experienced things you guys haven't, 
but we don't share those things because we're like, eh, what if they judge me? Uh, talk <laughs> about my feelings. Yeah. Like what if, what if Joel looks at me differently? <laughs> yeah. If, I, if right. I tell him this, right. Um, you know, share those stories because there are other dudes out there that need to hear that. hundred yeah. percent. Um, and there, there seems to be a fear. I mean, there's a fear of being perceived as weak or less or less than, and I cannot stress this enough. The weak thing to do is to not talk about it. The right. weak is to the weak thing is to not seek out help. We, weakness like that is going to beget further weakness. And you know we want to be available to other people in our lives. We want to you know do all these things for other people. You will reach the end of your rope and your effectiveness. And by putting off you know by putting a tourniquet around the bleeding right now. The whole the whole thing dies eventually, mm-hmm. right? And and so it's just it's like real strength, real to be to be a husband, to be a father, to do that out of a to be strong in those areas is to seek help wherever you need it, so that you're in this game for the long run, and you're not you know one of the uh, one of the statistics of either divorce, absent father, right. go on down the list. Yeah, and I mean. In our, in our culture, in our society, like suicide's a real thing, yep, and yeah. it happens even to adult men. I mean, yep. the I, I, again, I don't have the statistics, but I know adult men are complete suicide, right? More, yep, than any other because they choose aggressive they and choose violent right, and most violent yeah, means. means. Um, and so you know it it's a real thing. And you know, there's, there's a big fallout to that. Yep. Um, the other thing that I would say is be appropriately transparent with your kids. You know, if you've struggled with depression, if that's been something that's been there for you and you've, you've worked through it and, and you're getting help, let your kids know, Yeah. you know, and on an appropriate level, age yep. appropriate, you know, it's, it's not appropriate to tell your, seven or eight year old that, you know, you tried to kill yourself. Right. You know, but going, going from an appropriate level and, and letting them know, Hey, I've struggled with this. This has been something I've dealt with and it's okay because I got help yeah. and yeah. you know, I've, I've made it through. Um, and especially as your kids are getting to teenage years, knowing that you've experienced some of those things is going to empower them. Oh yeah. Definitely. Um, so be appropriately transparent um, with your kids because the more we can, the more we can talk about it, the more we can kind of get conversations going, the less stigma. I mean, we fight it all the time. We fight stigma all the time. I mean, it's, it's really almost becoming a cliche yeah. thing. Yeah. The, the stigma of mental health because yeah. we're constantly fighting against it when really it's, it's just life. I mean, it, it's part of our, our fallen nature is we deal with things. Yep. We deal with physical illnesses. We deal with mental illnesses. It's, mm-hmm. it's part of the body we have. Yeah. And our, and our hope would just be, I mean, we want to, we want to, you know, destroy the power of darkness and this power of the secret, the power of the unseen, the unspoken, all of those things. Um, uh, because people are wasting away in silence and, yep. and there's real, real health and real light that can be brought to those things, but you got to step out. You got to make mm-hmm. the choice. You got to, you know, um, 
there are a lot of resources available. I know like if you come in, if you come into my office here, we have a, a list of practitioners, care providers that yeah. uh, we are, we're ready, you know, we're ready to connect people with. And so, um, you know, and that, that exists. I mean, you can, you can safely Google, uh, you know, licensed health, you know, licensed mental health providers uh, in your area and find practices and things like that. And yeah. um, there's uh there's good ways of vetting that it's, it's, and it's it, possible. The other thing is like, not all, not all counselors are, are equal. Like we're all different. We all have different personalities. We're all people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you may come in and talk with me and be like, this guy is nuts. Like <laughs> I can't talk to, I can't stand the way that he has his beard. Like that's fine. That's cool. Like just because one doesn't work, right. Doesn't mean none, none work. Yep. Like find someone that you can connect with. You may have to visit with three or four or five counselors before you find that one that you click with. Yep. And that's a really great point. Cause I think the perception is, is that like a counselor is like an electrician, like they yeah. all, you know, they go and they put the wires in, they can make the right connections and it's, you know, it's done yeah. and kind of a, you know, they're all, they're all because they're all trained the same way and they all have the same, but, but that is right. definitely not. There is, you will connect well with some, not well with others. If you don't connect well with the first one, try it, keep yeah. going. Right. It's, it's, it's yeah. worth it. It, a counselor is more like a friend than a doctor. Like, yeah, you're going to pick a friend based on how you connect with them. Right. Um, you're going to pick a doctor based on what they know. Yep. <laughs> right. Um, right. And so, you know, I'm most, most counselors are all trained in the basic same thing. We all have the basic same knowledge. Right. Um, but we have different ways of, of communicating that and connecting that. And so, yeah, I mean, keep trying until you find one you connect with. Cause it's, um, we're all different and we all have our quirks and um, you know, it's uh, it's important. Um, and especially, you know, if you don't feel comfortable talking with a female counselor, then when you're looking, look for a male counselor. Like yep. if you're not going to open up to someone, don't, don't go to them. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. You know, if, if it's you in your feel, best interest to be, yeah, yeah. If, if you don't feel comfortable, comfortable talking it, yeah. about this issue with, you know, a female, then right. go to a male. If you don't okay. feel comfortable talking with someone that's young, look right. for someone that's older, like, right. you know, figure that out in your head. Like, okay, this is the type of person I would be more comfortable talking to find someone that fits that. Right. Well, Hey, we want to thank you for coming out tonight and, yeah. and sharing with us. We appreciate your, your story and then also your knowledge as far as men and, and mental health. I appreciate you giving us those tips and just being honest about that. Cause I think it's some, one of those things that as men, we kind of shut down on and don't, don't do. And so I appreciate you coming out tonight. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. This was awesome. Corey, you're a, you're a good dude and you're a good dad and we're glad to have you here. That was good. I think uh, yet another armchair expert for us for, uh, our show. for future shows. Always great to have those resources. So guys, uh, we like to do this to every single one of our guests because it's, Uh it's necessary. Uh, it gives a fuller picture. I think of the guest of the, of the deep core who they are at the core. Am I right, Andy? You are absolutely right. So it is now time for now it's time for the dudes and dads pop quiz. All right. And Joel, I'll let you kick this one off. So if you have your questions ready, 
Go for it. Okay, Corey, I'd like for you to tell us uh, what your favorite color of jelly bean is. Favorite color of jelly bean. Favorite flavor. I guess fa- the flavor okay. and color. Fla- favorite flavor. Those two go together. They kind of do. But yeah, favorite flavor. Uh, gosh, I'm not a big fan of jelly beans, but uh, are we going like standard or are we going like, you like go, the, you, you the get crazy? A, you, you get as tropical ones. and yeah. weird as you want them. You do you. You do you. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it pretty pretty simple. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with green apple. Green apple. That's a good one. Excellent. So... Are you a cat or a dog person? Dog. Absolutely. <laughs> Cats are from Satan. Yeah, I agree. I, God, I wish more people. Could, I, honey, I hope you're listening. Uh, I wish more people could get on board with that sentiment. Um, <laughs> Corey, uh, do you remember uh, what the first date was for you and Amanda? Yeah. Um, we you better get it right. She might be listening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we. We went to a movie and went to Applebee's. Uh, the cool thing about it, and she says the scary thing about it, because she didn't find this out until later. Um, I have glasses. Yes. And without my glasses, I really can't see very well. Got it. Um, and my glasses were broken. Oh. And so I drove and picked her up and drove <laughs> her to the movie theater <laughs> and drove her to Applebee's. So what was the movie? I mean, if you can't see it, I mean, how did, it, did you get anything out of it? It was one of the 007 movies. It was all a blur, though. Yeah, it, it was, was all a blur. Right? Exactly. <laughs> the, the whole night was a blur. <laughs> the whole night was um, <laughs> so she she is absolutely terrified thinking back on that, but she had no idea that at the time. So That's apparently, right. exactly, you did good. Apparently, I was okay. Well done. But um, yeah, I, I hid my blindness well. <laughs> so, next question: What is the make and model of your first car? <sighs> this it. it are you the first one that I owned personally or the first one that I drove? Let's go with owned personally. Okay. Uh, 1984 Honda Accord. Oh, yes. Five speed with a moonroof. Yep. Um, I remember that car. And that car was... How many miles did you get out of that baby? I had like 230 or something like okay. that when I sold it. Okay. Um, But it was like falling apart. <laughs> That that motor the the engine was solid. Yeah, the it was still um, exactly it's still going, but everything but, else. But the door was off of it. No. Yeah. I, I joked with my wife. I told her I really wanted to propose to her in that car <laughs> because uh, the Bible says that we should be in one accord. Yeah, that's uh, beautiful. Dad joke. <laughs> she did not appreciate. Nope, it. I'm sure she didn't. Hmm. Corey, what's your? Uh, now we're getting all uh, sentimental here. What's uh, what's your favorite love song? You stole mine. I was going to use oh, that one. I go off. <laughs> Sucks to be you. Uh, so since I was I was studying <laughs> up on you guys, I yep, prepared knew that. One. I love it. I knew it was coming. Um, I I will say the song. It's it's our we call it our wedding song, and that's I mean my my kids know it as the wedding song. Um, but it is by Nuvo. Um, and it is uh, what's the actual name of it? Uh, maybe he doesn't know maybe, it. Maybe tomorrow by Nuvo. Maybe right? tomorrow by Nuvo. Um, I'm gonna look yes. that one up. We I mean, we call it the wedding song. So. Mm. Um, just because it was saying at our wedding and that's how our kids know it. All right. This is my last question. Okay. What is the furthest place that you've traveled in your life? Like from, from Indiana, since you're from Indiana, where's the furthest out from Indiana? Uh, so I haven't, I haven't done a lot of traveling. Um, but in high school we went to Mexico city. Okay. 
Um, and when I was a youth pastor, we went down to Mexico as well, but that was kind of just across the border. It wasn't, wasn't very far into Mexico. So Mexico Me- city, Mexico city would probably okay. be the farthest, be the farthest. Uh, and Joel, Corey, uh, if you hadn't decided to uh, take the vocational direction that you have taken and you were, I don't know, let's just say that tomorrow you're like, Hey, uh, new year, new job. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to go in a different direction. Uh, what, what do you think you'd, uh, what do you think you'd like to experiment with? If there were like, and yeah. I should say if there were zero repercussions for it failing miserably, Oh man, what would you like to venture into? I don't know. Um, you have stumped this, him. Yeah, this is a tough one because like I'm trying to think like totally outside of like the sure. so- social services field and yes. the, pe- the people field because yeah. I would definitely do something in, in, in the people field, but that's, yep. that's kind of misses the point of your question. Well, maybe. Um, so oh, I don't know. I would... I would I would do a a custom countertop business. There we go. Oh yeah. See, that's a fantastic. So, I was the it was, story. There's the story behind. Yeah. This. I'm a, yes. Um, please do. So I one of the things it was kind of my way of of grieving and, and going through that grieving process with my dad. He had started an outdoor grill area, um, and he had told me kind of some of his plans for it, and we one of the things he wanted to do was a concrete countertop yes. up there. And so that was part of my grieving process was actually making that concrete countertop. Like I, I poured it, I, I made it for him, uh, for my mom. Um, and it was fun. Like I, I enjoyed it. And, and heavy. I, <laughs> I helped you lift <laughs> it. Oh, that was, uh, yeah. I sent a call out to every guy that I'm, <laughs> every, every dude I could get, get to come show up. We, got around that thing is uh, but yeah so that was that was fun it was so i think it would be it would be cool to experiment with some of that stuff doing doing some of that creative stuff but absolutely as i said i'm i'm not good at it <laughs> yeah do, i sort of have a qu- oddly just a related question do, uh so in our line of work our work is like our project is never done in our line of work like we right. don't we never see something f- i mean depending on how you want to look at it but there's never there's not frequently a sense of beginning middle end done completed project you can't because, s- step back and be like right ah wow, there's the awesome. finish there's yeah. the finished product do you think there is I, I think there is like even within my hobbies there is something to like i love land like i love landscaping whatever because i start with a, a, a just a completely messed up situation nothing has been done and by the end i look and it's like boom things are in place they are planted things are, you know, that's a beginning, middle end. And there's an attraction to that. Um, would you say, would you say that maybe that speaks to, do you think there's something there? I just, I just wonder, I don't, I don't know. Possibly. I, I see. I don't know. Cause I was just thinking when you said that, I was, I was trying to think like, what are my hobbies? Like I'm a hunter. You're never done. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when, when you're hunting, it's like, sure. I mean, you get done for the season and you tag out, but sure. Like there's always a bigger buck. 
to get. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so it's like, I'm like, man, even, whole, even my hobbies, there's no completion to yeah, it. Yeah. I guess, um, I mean, in certain ways, I mean, you could so, say you do, you do kill the buck. Like right. the, the, you, you, you complete, you that complete it. that. And there's a sense, there's of, a s- accomplishment yeah. and celebration there though. I would say, so yeah, I, there might be something to that. Yeah. I'd have to think a little, cause I mean, it. for you, it's like, you aren't probably going, yay! I kept one more kid out of jail. Like, you know, like <laughs> you should journal it. it. It's, you should, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to say that a lot. You know, you should, you should journal. Should journal. We should come that. up with dudes and dads uh, journals. Ooh, uh, yeah. New a merch <laughs> item. Moleskin mole coming your way. Okay. But by the way, when you did get a journal, is it like, is it manly fancy? Like, are you feeling pretty? Uh, or did you just get like a three ring notebook? Actually, and flowers. Yeah. My, my wife bought it for me for Christmas. Oh, so, nice. um, yeah, I mean, it's like a, like a faux leather. Um, mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I like it. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I have a because I, I have a fascination with journals, and they all have to be like smell of like deep oiled leather. I, it's yeah. like this. I like the tactile coffee and yeah. In fact, yeah. I actually spilled they're, coffee on it just to just so it soak in. Get it soak in. <laughs> yep. Well, Corey, we want to thank you for being on the show. You successfully completed our quiz. Oh, Corey, congratulations! Did you did. You did. Flying yeah, so. colors. I know yeah. a lot about myself. <laughs> <laughs> so self-aware. Yeah. We also want to thank our uh, Patreon supporters uh, over at dudesanddadspodcast.com/support. You can support us monthly and you get extra stuff like our newly created Facebook group that allows the Patreon supporters to come and hang out and it's chat. It's where all the action is. It is. So you, for small amounts, big amounts, you can help support the show. We really, really, really appreciate that. Dudesanddadspodcast.com slash support. And all again, all of our show notes and everything about the show can be found at dudesanddadspodcast.com. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks for being with us. We appreciate you listening. Until next time, grace and peace. Peace.